Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 58th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast with Venus O'Hara. In this new moon episode, we'll be discussing sexual energy and the chakras. We'll be speaking with Deborah Kagan, a mojo recovery specialist and author of the book, Undressed. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is Kunlun System, The Path of Inner Alchemy, Leading to the Truth Within by Max Christensen. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation for balancing the seven chakras. But first, let me share with you my experience with chakra balancing. Today's guest, Deborah Kagan, has just is about to publish a book called Undressed. And I thoroughly enjoyed reading this book and I reviewed it a couple of episodes ago. And it takes us on a erotic journey of the chakras. It's very interesting. For example, with each chakra, each energy center, there is a different experience that the author shares with us. I wanted to share with you today my own journey through the chakras, which is not necessarily erotic, but it's emotional and energetic. So um, let me start with the root. Um, Interestingly, I just did, uh, to, to prepare for this, I just did two online tests or quizzes just to see which chakra was most out of balance. And they both said root. And I was very surprised. It's not something I would have pinpointed myself. But now that I'm looking into it in more detail, it does seem to make sense. The root chakra is about being grounded and um, it's about stability as well. And just a couple of days ago, I was sharing with a friend that I felt very... um, unstable in my life. There's a lot of uncertainty. Sometimes I don't feel safe and that really affects my sleep. I mean, I'm a um, a freelancer. I'm living in a foreign country without a family network around me. Without I have do, do, do have community, but it's not the same, you know. Um, a lot of the friends I have, I've had for less than a few years, to be honest. So uh, there is that feeling of being alone in the world. And um, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty in my life. However, that doesn't mean that I would change any of my uh, situation. For example, what I love about that is the flexibility that that gives me. But the lack of roots is something that definitely affects me and gives me a feeling of um, of being unsafe uh, to some degree. So that's something I might need to work on now. And, and to do so, I think some grounding would be would be needed. And I'm going to really focus on that chakra because I've really not been uh, very connected to it and I have so many um, crystals and um, meditation tools. So I'm really going to try and ground myself with practices, um, healing practices, but also with um, kind of mindful um, practices as well, just to think about how can I feel more grounded in my life? What can I do to actually overcome this imbalance that I'm experiencing right now? Not just through meditation and what have you, but 
in terms of habits. That's something I'm really going to focus on. And then the next one, sacral chakra. I would say this is my power and my weakness. Um, for example, the sacral chakra is related to pleasure, to sexuality and creativity. So, of course, I'm a very, very, very creative person. I feel that I'm very, I'm able to express my emotions very freely and I'm very sensual and um, I'm very sexual. I have a very high libido. Uh, I've never had any issues with my libido, but at the same time, I've never, uh, I've never considered myself to be promiscuous. I've always been focused on pleasure. And a big part of my mission is about helping people to overcome the taboo of sexuality and to really connect with their pleasure. It's not about um, how to give a good blowjob uh, or how to serve your partner. It's about how to serve yourself first and foremost, and then to share this new um, this new insight with a partner, which can be incredibly empowering and pleasurable, of course. So that's something I am very uh, connected to. But at the same time, I do have an overactive um, bladder. So that's uh, also related to the sacral chakra. So I think there's like a um, surplus of energy in my sacral area. And also I, in the past, I've had issues with my sacroiliac joint on the hip. So that can kind of denote some kind of um, imbalance there. So yeah, it's kind of like crazy. It's, it's like it's my power and my weakness, I always say. And a couple of years ago, I had a an aura picture taken of me. There, these, um, there are certain cameras that can take a picture of your energy field. And I was like, I know mine's going to be orange. And it definitely was orange, which doesn't surprise me, which is the color that represents the sacral chakra. Then the solar plexus chakra, which is just located at the solar plexus, um, that's that's related to, this is something I have noticed recently that this is, um, has been a problem area for me. This is related, related to your power, your gut feelings, self-confidence and, um, and willpower. And, and for me, um, decision-making as well. And I've felt, I've, I've kind of pinpointed a bit of a, an imbalance here because I think I've struggled a lot with self-concept, um, seeing myself how others see me. This has been growing a lot for me recently over the last year, I would say. And it's really helped that I have been able to see myself through the eyes of others and see how others appreciate me and, and what I do in terms of my my professional life, my personal life, and also the events that I create uh, here in Barcelona. I have a group called Barcelona Conscious Connections. And when I see people really appreciate what I do and um, and how that can impact their lives because they've made new friendships, that makes me feel incredibly grateful. And I can see that I'm not invisible because, <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird, but I have felt, I've gone through my, a lot of my life feeling very invisible and I think I was probably brought up in an era where it's children should be seen and not heard. And that's something that I was I was taught. And um, that's not something I believe, of course, but it has had a, a negative effect on me that that I wasn't important or that my needs were not important. But uh, we're in a different time now. And I think everyone um, everyone's needs are important, including mine. So, yeah, my self-concept has been growing a lot, but it's uh, definitely something that I would like to continue um, to have more um, increased self-esteem so that I can I can maybe achieve more things because I do believe that what we have in our life is a reflection of how much you think you can you deserve so I think that's something I would need to still do some work on then the heart chakra the love it's all about love well I it's incredible because I have feel no blocks here at all I definitely love myself even though I've struggled with 
self-concept. There's never been a lack of self-love or self-compassion. Um, maybe a little bit of lack of self-compassion, but in general, even though I have felt pain in the past, I am quite quick to process emotions. If I need to cry, I can cry and then I'm okay. And that's something that um, I can sometimes be embarrassed about. Sometimes I can be in a place where crying could be, can feel embarrassing. But at the same time, I think it's better to get these things processed through your body expressed and not be holding on to things that are, uh, that end up being repressed. And I'm also, um, even though I have suffered heartbreak in the past, now I feel very open to love. I feel a huge amount of um, universal love and um, I'm just full of love, basically. I think I have so much love in my body that I need a worthy outlet, a worthy recipient of the abundance of love that I feel. And I, I've, I've lost my fear as well of heartache, heartaches. I think I've um, been um, avoidant in the past and um, in terms of attachment styles, but I'm, I, re I realize now that I'm moving towards secure attachment style, which is an incredible feeling actually after being spending so many years avoiding this incredible gift, which is love. And also some of the, the greatest things in life are, you know, emotional intimacy, feeling supported and um, just bonding. And, um, and now I feel kind of more open to those blessings in life. And it, it feels wonderful um, without fear. Because I think sometimes there's always a risk when you open your heart. But I do think it is worth it once you love yourself and you have your standards, etc., and you have some good friends around you to to help support you as well. That's really, really important. Then the, th uh, the next chakra on the way up would be the throat chakra, which is all about communication and an expression. And this is something that's very key to my, my work as well, because I am a communicator. I'm also a Gemini, so Geminis are really big into communication. And also I'm using my the spoken word, the written word, I'm using my 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 YouTube channel as well, so I'm using various mediums to actually express my um, my message, and um, I do feel that I'm able to express myself quite easily. Also, I speak four languages, and sometimes uh, it's been easier for me in the past to speak about the the topics I speak about, sexuality, etc., in a foreign language rather than my own language, which sounds strange, but. It has been uh, like that for me, but now I've lost my fear in terms of speaking my mother tongue in, in English about sexuality and other sensitive topics. Um, but I still feel that sometimes that I could be a little bit more honest, let's say in my personal, uh, my personal relationships about how I feel about things. But I am also working on that and improving every single day, losing my fear and just saying what I mean and meaning what I say, which is a beautiful place to be in life. Um, it's, it's all a process though. It's not like, you know, one day to the next. <laughs> it's, it's, it does take time. It's taken me time anyway. And that's something that attracted me to um, the Spanish culture, actually. Um, I've been living in Spain now for a very, very long time. I was brought up in the UK. And in the UK, I observed that people needed, well, a lot of people that I knew anyway, needed alcohol in, um, to be actual, to be able to speak their truth. And when I met a lot of Spanish and Latina people in, in Paris, I was amazed that they were able to express themselves with such freedom and um, without any limits, without needing alcohol. And that's something that really attracted me to Spanish culture. And that's something I maintain today. And many years later, that's something that I, I admire a lot. And I became very expressive myself when speaking Spanish. But then 
sometimes I would write an article and I would translate it to English and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> and it seemed a little bit more more um, exposed or kind of vulnerable. But now I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable speaking my truth in English. I have also, I have revealed so many personal things on this podcast. So if you're interested in learning what they are, check out the rest of my episodes. And, and then uh, the next one up would be intuition, the third eye. And this focuses on thought and dreams. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's interesting, the intuition and thought and dreams. I've been, I remember my dreams most nights and that's been, uh, that's been quite, um, that's quite interesting because I know sometimes um, I, I started thinking about um, um, having a dream journal to see if there are any kind of hidden messages here from the divine, but I haven't kept up with that. But that's something I might want to think about doing. But when I wake up and I've had an incredibly vivid dream, which is most nights, I do Google it just to see if there's anything I could take from it. And um, yeah, it's uh, some of them, you know, are so weird that they are ungoogleable. But in general, I've had many dreams about travel and I've even had some lucid dreams where I realized that I am dreaming in the dream. And my intuition is pretty good. Sometimes there can be interference or I can second guess my, my intuition because I'm not trusting myself enough. But in general, I would say my intuition is pretty good. And then the last one, which would be the crown chakra, um, is focusing on connection to the divine wisdom, imagination, and spirituality. I feel that this is getting stronger and stronger for me because I am making lots of progress in my spiritual journey. And my imagination is crazy. It's very, very active. Um, I am, you know, I use my imagination a lot for for fantasy, for um, my erotic life, and also for my writing as well as a, in my erotica. So yeah, so I'm definitely connected to that. And um, even I feel more and more connected to the divine. When people talk about the inner voice uh, being some kind of ego thing, um, telling you you're not good enough, what have you, I, I find that my inner voice is either my intuition or the divine. And I'm feeling more and more connected to some kind of inner guide. I don't know if it's myself, my own intuition, or if it is a higher power. That's something that I... I remain uncertain of, I guess, with time as I make progress on my journey, that will become more apparent. But definitely um, the crown uh, chakra is something that I um, I'm feel very connected to. Um, but sometimes I think I'm more in my higher chakras than the lower ones, hence the reason why I might need to ground a little bit, which might be why the root was the one that seemed to be most out of balance when I did these online these online quizzes. So there, that is my journey through the chakras. Now we're going to speak to Deborah Kagan, who's going to explain a very different type of journey through the chakras, which is equally compelling. Are you looking for a new sex toy? If you are, go to satisfier.com and you can use the code Venus to get 30% off anything on the satisfier.com website. So check it out. Venus for 30% off, satisfier.com. Now it's time for this episode's interview. We'll be speaking with Deborah Kagan, a Mojo recovery specialist and author of the book, Undressed. Deborah Kagan, welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you so much for taking part in this interview today. I'm very happy to have you here. For those who are unfamiliar with your work, could you tell us what you do? 
Absolutely. I am a mentor for women and I support you in reclaiming your confidence, feeling amazing in your skin and living a turned on life. So tell us what inspired you to follow this path? You know, it's so funny because I think when I think back and we're little girls, right? Like nobody wakes up. I The title that I have given myself is Mojo Recovery Specialist, right? Because mm-hmm. I talk about um, really rocking your mojo. And nobody wakes up at seven and says, oh, gee, I want to be a Mojo Recovery Specialist. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't on the career list um, at school. And I think, you know, for me, it's very much um, I was inspired by my own life and also the, you know, the the moment where I felt like I had, quote, lost my mojo, even though I now know that's not possible. It just gets quiet. And so when I went on my own journey to discover how to own it, how to um, really cultivate it, how to be tapped into it on a regular basis, all of a sudden I realized and women started to ask me, what are you doing and ha- what's happening? And I need this as well. And I started this uh, women's group out of my living room. And this was over almost 20 years ago now. Oh, wow. And so it was a real grassroots. I didn't know what I was doing necessarily in terms of, I didn't come at it from, let me build a business. I came at it from, there's a need and a, a, a desire for that women are saying that they they have and they want, and they want a safe space to talk about our bodies and our intimacies and our um, you know uh, interpersonal relating, but on a on a on a romantic and a sexual level. And there are few to no places that are having these conversations in a way of a beautiful sacred woman circle. And so it was really this whole thing was birthed out of my living room. So and, how uh, would you d- define mojo? What What is mojo? So mojo is your life force. It's for all my yogis listening, you could say the word prana. For all of my ch- tai chi or martial arts folks, you can call it chi or ki. Um, really, uh, folks in Europe, they you call it life force, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes call it sexual energy. It is the energy that is moving everything in life. There was a, a physicist in the 60s who discovered the official word is the Higgs boson, but they nicknamed it the God particle. Mm-hmm. And this is, they discovered this energy behind all of the other energies that is consistently moving and and this forward thrust of life. And of course, metaphysicians and spiritual folks, like we knew about it, we called it prana and chi and ki right for thousands of years but now we've had science prove that there is this energy and i like to call it mojo i saw on your website that you have an acronym um, for mojo could you tell us what yes. that is Yes. So Mojo, a good four letter word. And what I developed was the Mojo four pillar system. And so this is this is the way that you, anytime you feel disconnected, you can look to any of these pillars. I like to think of we're in the center, right? Of these four pillars, like a beautiful kind of Roman columns, you know, on each corner, holding up the structure of your life. So the M stands for your mindset. And I think it's fair to say that most of us need help because our minds are there to help us survive. They're not exactly um, the most sensual or delicious or erotic things on their own. They just want to save us from saber-toothed tigers and from starvation. 
right? <laughs> at its at its basic level. So to create having a very mojalicious mindset is pillar number one. Pillar number two is an O, and this is what I call your oracle. Now I call, so we've got your mindset, that's your life above the neck. The oracle, it's your life below the neck. This mm -hmm. is our body. And I call it the oracle because our body knows everything. It houses all the information. It has all the wisdom. It has all of the pains and joys and traumas and all of the things that we've experienced in this particular I also like to call it a rental vehicle, but it's an oracle because again, your body knows what you need, how you actually feel. It has the information inside. And that's the, the second pillar is to always tap back in to your oracle. And also side note about the oracle, your mojo has a, a storehouse and the storehouse, the actual living place of all of your mojo is in your body below your belly button and above your pubic bone. We also, and, and in my book, you know, we talk about this as the, the second power center, the second chakra. Um, but that's where all of your creative life force, that juice lives, right? So to be able to access your mojo, you must be connected to your oracle. And then the third uh, pillar is the J, and this is joining with all the different roles that you play in life, right? You're not just somebody who hosts a podcast, right? You're also this beautifully creative, you know, artist and, you know, a writer and um, all the, you know, the other things that you do in your life. I am not, you know, simply just a mentor for women. There's many different facets. Those, you know, people listening, you might have children. You're not just a parent or you're not just a partner to a, a lover or a spouse. You have careers, you have hobbies. But what happens is we get kind of shoved into kind of one or two roles. And it's usually in our modern day life, 80 to 90% your work. And maybe, you know, 10 to 20% of personal side, but there's all the rest of you. And maybe at some point someone said, oh no, you can't do that. Like, oh no, don't be an artist. The artists don't make any money. Or, oh no, you can't be a sexual being because you're going to be a slut or you're going to, you know, um, not find a good partner in life or whatever. And so those parts of us, those roles that embody those parts, they go hide. They get shoved in a closet. They go under the rug. And then usually what I'm finding with the women I've worked with over 15 plus years now is about the age of the sort of mid thirties into your early forties and then beyond, there's a moment where you go, where the hell did I go? Like what happened to me? And this is why joining all of those roles gives you a sense of full self-expression. So the J so is not, joining, is that correct? Yes. So okay. it's joining with those roles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth pillar of mojo is uh it's one it's a one of the favorites, I think, because it's one of the most direct um transformative things, which is your oasis. Mm -hmm. And this is turning your environment, your home, your offices. I live in Los Angeles, we're in our cars a lot, even your car, and turning those spaces into an environment that feels like an oasis so that it fuels you with mojo instead of depletes you. Wonderful. I, when I think of oasis, I always think about 
meditation how you kind of create your own inner refuge as well could that, yes. that be part of it too yeah well also creating whether it's a meditation space but mm. um or i'm a big proponent of creating you know altars little ones small mm. ones big ones even if it's just an image that you love and you know putting a flower by it mm. they don't have to be complicated nor do they have to be connected to any particular religion it's all about again having a a space that is this oasis that lights you up right it's mm. it's very personal so creating those environments that give you your mojo that really every every time i walk through my door i say hello to my house nice. and i literally am so grateful because it is such a divine expression of who I am, that it it does, it lights me up, it fills me up every day. And when you do create that, you will have more mojo on a regular basis. Amazing. So what is a typical day's work for a mojo recovery specialist? <laughs> well, the beautiful thing is there's no typical day. That's mm. the cool thing. I've I I definitely feel like I'm a creative at heart. So I uh, I would be terrible at a nine to five office job. It's just, you know, it's not for me. Um, but you know, there are some days where there are what I call client days. And so I'll be working with uh, the women in whether they're in my mentorship program and we're having a, a group uh, call, which we do regularly, or I'm doing one-on-ones with them. Um, it could be doing things like this, where I'm, I'm having the opportunity to speak to uh, speak to you or other uh, people, other podcasts, writing um, uh, content. That's also something I'm sure you know as well. It's mm -hmm. a big part of what we do. So every day it's a, it's a little bit different. I do my best to give myself a healthy balance of structure and free time. Uh, and I also am very committed to making sure that there's always fun and pleasure involved in every day. Because what's the point otherwise? <laughs> really, I, I, I believe we're all here, you know, for our own unique reasons. We all have our own gifts. And if we're not having fun, and I did that for quite a while where it was just grind and push. And I think that's also what helped to kind of throw me into the work that I do because I, I threw out my adrenals and actually got very sick. Um, And so what I've realized after all of those years is if we're not having fun, what's the point? Yes, of course, there are moments to be, quote, serious and we need to do our projects and whatnot. And you can still have fun in the midst of that, right? So that's a big part of my day to day as well. Wonderful. So back to Mojo, what are the signs that your Mojo is off and how do we get back to it? Because this is a big part of what you do in your, in your courses, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when when you're in that real kind of grind mode, it's just work, 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 or we're just taking care of the errands and there's no joy, there's no pleasure. It is just task after task after task. And you can, if you actually stop for a moment, you'll realize there is tension all over the body. Your jaw's probably really tight. Like that's not the first sign, but you'll know if you're in just a consistent loop of task and grind and work and push that you're you're probably disconnected from your mojo, most likely. The other thing is that you are most likely also not feeling very turned on. Doesn't even have to be sexually turned on. 
but you're not turned on to your life. Like, you know, again, there's that, there's no joy. There's no pleasure present. There's no sort of delight in, oh my goodness, when you're walking down the street, did you, who, did you see that rose and then stop and actually, you know, smell the rose or, you know, did you stop to admire the beautiful sunset that was peeking through the buildings, you know, as you were driving home, you will be devoid of the delight in life. And that's another sure sign that you are, you know, uh, disconnected from your mojo. And if you're feeling stressed, you know, uh, the, whether it's stress comes in numerous forms, there's emotional stress, there's uh, psychological, mental stress, there's a, you know, physical stress and also nutritional stress. So if you're feeling more uh, overwhelmed and more engulfed by stress, that's when you know there's a disconnect between you and your mojo. So tell us about your fire up your mojo course. So yes, I led these fire up your mojo masterclasses and, you know, those were, um, they came from questions through the community and also through, um, you know, people connecting with me on Instagram. And so what I decided to do was put together masterclasses on different topics, like firing up your divine feminine mojo, firing mm. up your sex mojo, firing up, you know, um, so there were all these different um levels of mojo and these different topics that we did a deeper dive on. And so those are all now archived and they are part of, uh, part, you know, part of the mojo library that people can get access to because what's fascinating is there's more available in these realms of connecting to our life force, connecting to our divine feminine really than there ever have been before. When I started you know, almost 20 ish years ago in this particular realm, there wasn't a lot uh, in this conversation. There, of course, was some, but it was harder to find. And what I love is that there are so many more people that are having these conversations and that these topics are more normalized. Um, you know, Venus, like you, you know, you are bringing so much more uh, awareness and education and availability to these topic matters as well. And I think, you know, we all have our own way to uh, bring the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's it, my whole purpose is let's just light up as many women as possible to connect with their mojo, because the more of us that are in a in a state of what I like to say, mojo-liciousness, mm -hmm. then, you know, the better we all are, our communities, our families, uh, wherever we work. So however women get to it, I'm just, I'm excited. Like, let's get to it. Do you have three simple tips that anyone could do on a, let's say on a daily basis that someone could do just to kind of get absolutely. back to it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And the first thing, which seems so simple, and there are some women who have written back to me on social media at times and said, and this seems too easy. And the thing that I always say about that is, see, easy doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be effective. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Simple. There are many things that are simple and they can be wildly effective. One of my teachers that I studied under for a decade, he said one ounce, one ounce of a remedy or a tool or a technique, one ounce can create thousands of pounds of change. That's actually simple. 
Where it might not be easy is you actually taking that technique and doing it in your life. It's this, it's the taking the action step that I, I see that most people have more difficulty with. So things that are so simple and particularly for us that are more, um, we have more connection to our feminine energy. Most women on the planet are, are in their nature connected to feminine energy. This is not gender, male, female. This is just qualities of energy like yin and yang. And so if you are more naturally connected to that yin, that feminine state, you like to complicate things. And I'll be the first to raise my hand because my nature is deeply feminine. How And the feminine likes to complicate stuff. It's it's it, it likes more color. It likes, you know, more stuff. It likes the sparkle. It likes, you know, its energy is kind of everywhere all at once, which is why there's that complication. So when something that is very simple shows up, we start to go, well, how could that possibly work? It's too simple, right? But someone with a much more masculine nature who gets that same technique and sees the simplicity of it is like, oh, for fuck's sake, that's fantastic, <laughs> right? Because the masculine in all of us likes the simplicity. It likes the A to B. It's that linear notion. So when we are uh, presented, and I'm going to get back to some tips, uh, you know, and share in a moment, but I think it was important because a lot of times something very simple can be uh, shoved off or, or really discarded because it seems like it might not make a difference. All right. So one of the first things you can do to connect to your mojo, that's where we're going. <laughs> I didn't forget. Um, is where I already mentioned our power center, where all of your mojo lives is between your belly button and your pubic bone. It goes from the front of the body to the back of the body. So first thing in the morning, if you simply place your hand on that low belly mm -hmm. and literally just say, hello, right? You could even say, hello, mojo, if you want. The I would gather, I, I'm, you know, from again, my experience over these nearly two decades of this is most people have never done this before to take that moment to actually consciously connect to their source of mojo. So when you do that on a daily basis, and if you commit to that for seven days, just try one week, say hello, keep your hand there and see if you can breathe deeply into that low belly. Most of us are breathing in our upper chest. It's more fight or flight. We're in a very fast paced world. When we're stressed out, our breath barely gets past our upper chest and our clavicle. So when we breathe deep into our low belly, you're internally stoking the flame of your mojo. Okay. So now we have this external, very somatic, simple gesture, hand on low belly, hand on power center. That's the external somatic. Now we've got the internal deep breath that we combine. We're turning up the dial on your mojo. And within a week, you might not feel like superwoman and you will absolutely feel a difference, whether that's more energy, whether you feel more calm in your just state of being, whether you feel more juicy in your own body, it could go from there, right? So that's one thing for sure that will connect you with your mojo. 
The next thing that um, I really love, and it's you know super fun, and and it's a very popular, easy again, tech, uh, simple technique, is um, what I call sassy hip circles. All right, okay. and sassy hip circles are really just that. They are very slow rotation of your hips. So, like when we were kids, we were little girls. Did you ever do like kind of put your hand on your hip and you know stick it out real far and kind of go na 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 na? Mm -hmm. Did you do that? Maybe we're trying to trying to do hula hoop. That's all I can yes, think of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I always say when I demonstrate this, you know, at my talks or, you know, uh, any events, live events that I do, we'll just stick out your hip really far to one side. And then you just start to slowly rotate it back. So your pelvis is tilted backwards and then to the side and then push your pelvis forward. I mean, just do it nice and slow. So it's these sassy hip circles, right? Not too fast. Like mm -hmm. you're moving through honey or molasses. And I always like to say, make sure you rotate to both sides, right? Do some rotations to one side and then the other so you balance things out. I'll do this while I'm making a cup of tea in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'll do this when I'm brushing my teeth. I'll do this when I'm standing in front of the closet going, I don't know what the hell I want to put on my body today, right? And what this does, again, right, our, our power center is located in that low belly. Well, our hips, and again, particularly for women, right, they are... I like to say the parentheses holding your power center in place. So when you move your hips, and this is why dancing can be so mesmerizing and so powerful and so magnetizing to so many people. When you move your hips, you're awakening that mojo. You're saying, oh, okay, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm juicy. I'm in the oracle. I'm not just stuck in my head of the to-dos of the day. Whew, I am now grounded and I'm present. And now your mojo is like, oh, okay. You want to actually play with me. Like you want to have a relationship with me. So mm -hmm. this is another beautiful thing to do to awaken that mojo. Super simple and actually a lot of fun. Um, and finally, you know, a third thing that you can do to tap into your mojo on a regular basis is to... Um, is to just spend a moment, you know, communing with nature. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm from New York City originally. Now I've lived in Los Angeles a long time. So I understand if you're in a concrete jungle or if you're, you know, in a more metropolis, you know, type mm -hmm. of, of space that you might think, well, okay, what? I have to go and take a weekend trip and no, no, no. You can go, there, there are trees everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. You can find a little, a tiny little park in the midst of a city. If you're in some place that is just more nature all around, great, even easier. You could simply put your back up against a tree. You know, I'm a tree hugger. So I'll no, put me my too. front me up too, on too, my too. back. Right. Right. I mean, just like, I want to just like get all up in it with a tree. <laughs> but, you know, for some people who that might feel a little strange, you can just like lean up against a tree. And feel, mm. just feel that sort of magnitude, the support, feel that mojo of the tree. There is an energy, an essence, a life force that is moving through it. And allow yourself to just be supported by that. You know, have a moment with the bird flying by. Have a moment with the cat that's walking across the street. If you have a pet, that's great. That's nature too. So having a, a, a real awakened conscious moment with nature automatically synchronizes that life force that nature has no problem with. 
right? There's never been a rose bush that is like, oh, I don't know if I can bloom today. Like I'm mm. thorny, you mm. know, like the hibiscus over there, she's kind of smooth. Like maybe I shouldn't grow. Like the rose is just going, I am going to be a rose. You know, mm. it's like, so everything in nature is going to be what it's going to be because it is just pure mojo life force surging through it at all times without question. So when we connect with nature, you don't have to be hippie crunchy about it, right? It's just literally about infusing yourself and regulating your own kind of nervous system and your own body with nature to inspire your life force, your mojo to be even freer. I'm really inspired now. I'm going to start doing that from tomorrow and, and change my walk to my office and go via a park. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely good, good advice. I think it's really important as well, like putting the hand on the belly. Because I think it's also a place of a lot of shame, not just like sexual shame, mm -hmm. but people just want to suck their bellies in all the time and all that. So mm -hmm. I send love to that area. It's very, very important. Yeah. I, I mean, I had most of my life and I still have to check myself really um, shame about my belly. I've always mm -hmm. had, even when I was little, I've always had, I call it now the goddess pooch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've always had a little extra in the belly. Um, and, you know, it took me a long, long time to even get to a space of accepting like, okay, well, there is this sort of extra flesh or a little, you know, more of a curve out. It's never been a, you know, concave or a flat situation for me. Mm. And yeah, so having that moment with yourself is another way to just, say, Hey, I love you. I'm here. You know, thank you. And I even on a simple level of like, thank you for digesting my food also. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about your book. One of the best things yeah. about being a podcaster for me is, um, I am a big bookworm, so I love reading. And also it's a huge privilege to actually interview the authors. And I have here on my bookshelf, I've got a whole bookshelf just with podcast guests books which mm. is hugely amazing mm. and I read your book Undressed which was uh, I just finished it yesterday I've been, I've been reading it for about a month on and off and I was really I was really it was kind of um it was it wasn't what I expected to be honest but with the title mm. and the um and the cover I thought it was going to be like a body positivity I have it. um wow I love it, I have it <laughs> amazing so, so when I saw that Undressed and then the kind of the, the, the photo you have I assumed yeah. it would be body positivity. And, and then it's, mm. I was really surprised to see the structure of the book. And I'm a big, I'm really into chakras, energy centers, et cetera. And I, I just thought it was such an original um, structure. Would you like to tell us about it and, and what inspired you? And tell us about the yeah. structure, what inspired you to, um, to create this book in this way? Mm. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting in the creative process, right? Is it's so not linear, at least mm -hmm. not in my experience. And so this book came to me almost 10 years ago, the, the, the seed of it, the germ of it. And what I knew at that time was there were these stories, these erotic memoir stories that I felt like I needed to tell. I didn't know why, but I just felt like I needed to tell them. And I do appreciate structure because that really helps me to then go in and create something. So as I was just feeling into the stories and why would I want this book and why would I want to put them in a book and so on and so forth, all of a sudden, I really I got this download 
I, I call them shoves from above, right? <laughs> like these very strong, intuitive uh, knowings. And I, I, all of a sudden I just got, oh, it's seven sections. And each story is actually representative of the moment and that that I got the opportunity to sink into each of the seven power centers in a new way and understand the qualities and the embodiment of those through these experiences I had with lovers and I, and actually one self-practice and, you know, uh, on my own. So that's how it kind of came about. And so I went, okay, great. Now I have the seven, you know, the seven section structure and it was just these stories. And as time developed, I went, hang on a second women ask me about this. Like, how, how do I get into my erotic nature? How do I own more of myself sensually and sexually? And so I realized this book is this combination of let's learn about the power center. So you understand what it is and what the qualities of it are and how, you know, when it's working and how, you know, when it's kind of off kilter. Here's a, a little kind of get you in the mood story to, realize there's other women, you know, like you that might have desires or fears or concerns around sexuality and sensuality and how we're being perceived and, you know, what, what wakes us up and so on and so forth. So that's the erotic uh, uh, story that happens. And then the end of the section is your turn, where I guide you through a spiritual and a sexual practice to be able to awaken and embody that power center in a much more, I think, holistic uh, way, but you read it, so <laughs> you can speak to that. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really loved it because I loved how I love structure as well, and I like how everything's mirrored. So you've got this this personal story of yours, and then you've got the the part which is about the balance, the harmony, disharmony, mm -hmm. and also I loved how you introduced um, crystals. I'm a massive crystal lover as well, mm -hmm. and essential oils in some cases, and um, just this like a solo practice. I think it's really important to have some variety in masturbation, not just like, you know, hand to genitals, there's a, there's a lot more to it. So it's nice to have yeah. some, some guidance in that respect. Um, yeah, but I, I love um, crystals, especially, and I saw in the, some of them that they were levels as well. So that's kind of interesting yeah. as well. So you, so you can actually go back and, and do these things over and over, but it really opened my mind because I, I've been kind of going through this situation where um, it made me analyze a relationship I've been kind of been living with with um of my journey with one person through the different chakras and it really opened my mind um and identified that the the blockages were the solar plexus this is before I got to the solar plexus chapter but it just made me think about my relationship to, with one person and and how I was relating on different areas mm -hmm. and how the solar plexus is not it's not a chakra I would particularly buy crystals for but I realized that was a source of my of my blockage and then your story was really I just thought it's interesting about how we get validation from others and, and it just really spoke to me because I've been going through this sacral moment as well and since I identified that I actually started listening to more sacral chakras um singing bowl mm -hmm. <laughs> tracks and things like that so it's Beautiful. really interesting yeah it's really interesting also I identified um the the throat the communication was something that was it was um, being blocked with me with, with this person so everything else was fine but it's just like those two areas and I was able to communicate with them about it so it was, it was thanks to your book I actually wrote this chakra report <laughs> so Amazing. It was interesting yeah so I, th I thought it was very eye-opening I oh, love wow. that I love that feedback mm -hmm. and yeah it's mm -hmm. um 
That's uh, the thing that I, I do want to mention is the book really is written and those your turn sections are written, you know, for women. So to do for yourself, by yourself, with yourself, mm-hmm. because definitely one of the soapboxes I stand on is for you to understand how you work. How do you, you know, how do you feel? What turns you on touching your body in all different ways, experiencing Mm -hmm. your sexuality, your sensuality in all different ways so that not only are you more comfortable in your own skin, you can then communicate that to a partner, right? Mm -hmm. And there, there are some suggestions in some of the sections where I say, if you do have a partner and you would like to, you know, explore this practice with them, okay, here's how you could, um, the and the the intention was for women to be able to get just so comfortable because they're the amount of times that I ask a woman uh, who will again be at a live event of mine or in one of my programs, I'll say, you know, have you looked at your vulva? Mm. And so many women say no, like never looked wow, at crazy. their vulvas, right? And so it's um this is also just this, this kind of clarion call to say, ladies, please, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just know yourself, the, 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 the kind of confidence that personal confidence, and I'm sure you can speak to this too, but that comes from really knowing and looking at yourself, exploring yourself, having reverence for this amazing Oracle that we're in just changes how you maneuver in your life. Have you found that with your your healing over the years? And um, I was I've always been really sexual. So for me, it was something that I learned very early on. For me, it was the A spot, like near the cervix, and um, mm-hmm. I just had these epic orgasms from the second time I ever had sex. And all my friends were like, "What? What are you talking about?" So I think God just made me orgasmic. I mean, maybe like you, I, I didn't choose this role; like it chose me. So I, I, yes. I find that I've always been. Um, I've always loved my vulva and and I had the opposite of many people watching porn. I thought my, my vulva was way nicer than the ones I saw in porn. So, <laughs> so I wasn't intimidated. I just really loved that part of my body. And I've also been, um, you know, drawing nudes for many years. There's a great poem called, um, a great painting called L'Origine du Monde, The Origin of the World, which is just a woman with her legs open. It's from 19th century French painting. Mm. It's very scandalous at the time. And I just, I mean, um, I just love depictions of, naked yes. women that's why I chose the name Venus because I was very into the the goddess and yes cel- celebrations of women's bodies yeah. yes so I haven't really lived that personally and I've always I've always had mirrors and you know been very curious so I, I, it seems strange to me to not on um not discover your body but it was very really interesting this is the first time I ever removed pubic hair was very weird it's like oh my god I actually it was just such a weird thing to see your your vulva like again you know like with no hair it was very very interesting to see the shape because sometimes it's always hidden by hair you know so that was mm-hmm. an interesting vulva connecting moment yes <laughs> definitely yes. Yeah. The more that we can, you know, just enjoy, discover, play again, it goes back, I think, to that fun and play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also enjoying the smell. I think it's really important to like smell your underwear and enjoy it. And I smell my sex toys after. I mean, I'm very, I'm very, I, I send a lot of love to my vulva and it's been, it's been yeah. very kind to me <laughs> in return. Yeah, good. And by the way, and I love that you just brought that up because it's also, that's a great way to also know in terms of the health of your vulva. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. if you really know, okay, this is what's uh my kind of regular smell, mm-hmm. right? Then you'll know, oh, okay, if there's something off, right? And it helps you to be again more educated just about your own sexual wellness. 
definitely. And so many women are ashamed of the appearance and the smell that they're missing out on incredible cunnilingus. And that, that makes me yeah. very sad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. <laughs> I always say, please worship at the temple. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So um, your book is just very enlightening for me. And um, it's coming out in November, in October. Is that correct? It is. The publication, they call it the, the street date, is October 24th. Um, it's available for pre-order right now. And I put together a couple really great bonuses for those of you who do pre-order. And I was just learning this myself. This is, I have self-published my first book, and this is a, with a publisher, this Undressed now, my second book. And what, I, what I'm learning is that pre-orders are game-changing for the life of a book because okay, pre-orders are making a vote. It says, mm -hmm. hey, I want this information. This information is important. So the, the book um, publisher, book sellers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, other independent stores, they will all of a sudden go, oh, wait, this book is, you know, getting a lot of pre-orders. Maybe we should pay attention to it. Mm. And so it really, really helps the life of the book. And of course, for anyone who's interested in sexual wellness and to have women's voices out in the world, you know, it's another a vote for that. So um, that's an encouragement and an ask for mm. <laughs> listeners to do, please pre-order it because um, I also put together these bonuses. And one of them that people are loving, I'm getting such good feedback on, um, is the audio. I put together a, an audio where I read you the beginning of the book mm -hmm. and you get that right away. So as soon as you pre-order and, um, you know, you sign up to get the bonuses, you'll get that audio. There's a beautiful confidence journal that is put together for you as well. And actually I'm teaching, this is a brand new uh, masterclass, uh, Eros 101. So that's another bonus that is when you pre-order Undressed. Amazing. So you do so many different things, events, writing, podcasts, coaching. Um, tell us about public speaking. Do you have any tips? About public speaking? Yeah, I'm, quite, I'm interested because I want to become a public speaker. I'm doing stuff myself, but it's kind of, um, sometimes it can be hard to convey your true personality on stage. It's, that's part of, you know, your mojo. <laughs> How do you express your mojo on stage? Because that's a very well, that, that's the thing. It's you know, it's connecting with your mojo. Yeah. I mean, the more the more comfortable you get and the more connected you get with your mojo, the easier it is to simply be you in whatever situation you're in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's that's just really number one. Number two, this is also where joining with your different roles comes into play. Because mm -hmm. your mojo, again, is your life force. You have it 24-7. It never goes away. You're born with it. it. You are going to have it until the moment that you take your last breath. And then, you know, it will disperse into all consciousness like mm -hmm. with the rest of you. But this life force is always within you. It's just a matter of turning the volume dial up or down for when and how you choose. The joint for public speaking, though, joining with your mm -hmm. different roles, massively handy, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's so... The role that is uh, that gets on stage for me when I do my live events, when I you know speak at other people's events, so on and so forth. That um, her name is D Rock, okay, okay. and uh, that is a part of me that knows the stage, loves the stage, is super confident on the stage. She has kind of like a signature look. All of your roles have different looks, by the way. I like to think of an obvious example of this is when um, Beyonce would talk about 
creating Sasha fierce. Okay. So she's like, Beyonce doesn't necessarily get on stage because she's got Mm -hmm. the jitters and this and that, but Sasha, Sasha fierce. Oh, Sasha fierce is like, she's the one who gets up there and just and does it. So there's a part of you, Venus, right? That is the, the part of you that's like, yes, I can be on stage. And like, this is my domain. And it's about tapping into that part of you. It's not pretending to be something. I want to be really clear about that because it is you. It's simply an aspect of you though, that you're going to want to dial the volume up on when you're on stage and doing public speaking. But you don't want to necessarily, you don't want to go on a date, you know, with that role. Because you're, Hi, <laughs> I'm right. And then it's like you show up as your, you know, stage presence. I mean, you know, maybe there's somebody out there who's going to love that all the time, but most likely you'll show up as, you know, more of your mojalicious femoral when you go on a date, right? It's a different, it's just a different aspect. This is why the J of mojo really also gets, uh, you know, gets some play and gets, uh, it's important to know that as well. Fantastic. So let's tell us about your podcast. What's your podcast called? It's The Real Undressed. (laughs) And it's all conversations about uh, sexuality and spirituality. So I bring on um, experts in the field, both both of those fields. And we have amazing conversations that drop on Fridays. Um, And so The Bridge and also the new book Undressed um, is is it it's about a it's bridging the the sexual life and the spiritual life um and when i say spiritual i i don't mean religion i really just mean whatever it is for you that connects you to your higher self that connects you to your knowing of what divine is for you and those two realms have been kept i think very strategically over thousands of years extraordinarily separate and also like at loggerheads with each other But when we bring together our spirit and our sex, we realize again that everything is connected, Mm -hmm. that including you and, I mean, you and everything, and also you and then your lover, your partner that you are sharing yourself with sexually. And the, the really, the enormity of grace and pleasure and uh, sacredness that can come from literally coming when you when you join your spirit and your sex is hard to describe in words because it is so extraordinary. And the seventh story in the book, uh, you know, in Undressed, it talks about that really of that moment of of knowing, of having that very visceral experience. And this is the story of where I I pleasured myself, and so it was a solo experience. It changed my life. And I'm very, so I'm very passionate about bringing these two topics together under one roof. So on the, the real undress, the podcast is that place. So Fridays I'm in conversation with a guest and we've got to have you on. Um, on. <laughs> would love that. And Tuesdays are what I call a truth and tequila. Cause I'm a big fan of tequila and mezcal. Um, but they're, uh, they're short solo episodes where I, I, I drop a little mojo content every Tuesday. Um, so yeah, that's the podcast. Amazing. So a couple of quick questions for you. Um, What's the book that changed your life? Oh, gosh. I, too, adore books. And so this is a very difficult conversation. I probably, I have a library that is giant. Mm -hmm. Um, What's coming through right now is um, Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov. Mm. And 
I read it nearly 30 years ago and it confirmed everything I felt in terms of who we are as a soul. Um, you know, not just this sort of flesh thing, <laughs> this rental vehicle thing that we walk around in. And it really, um, it got me on a path, uh, a deeper path of consciousness uh, at that time that I think radically helped to open up all the avenues of where I've come to today. And it helped me to understand the energetic realm of life in a different way. It helped me to understand more of my mission and, and who I am, again, outside of the you know flesh and bone. And that made a big, big difference in how I show up in the world. So, yeah. And it, it was great. I, I, I hosted the uh, a book club this year, and that was the first book that we we read for it. So it was really great. You've also mentioned um, the book that changed my life in, in Undress, which is Think and Grow Rich. So I was yes. happy to see that because it's just such a great book about yes. success. And you're thinking, why is that? Why are they talking about sex in this book? It's uh, or sexual energy. That kind yes. of in my mind because I was thinking, I thought I was in the first nine years of my work, I was focused on overcoming taboo and pleasure and now I'm into this top level of power of, of sexuality which is a whole new understanding of it mm -hmm. and one of the best quotes I think from that book is those who lack the mojo I mean he mm. uses the phrase sex energy same thing right but those who lack the mojo will never be enthusiastic mm. nor inspire others with enthusiasm and mm. that's in that chapter on you know um, uh, sex transmutation so it's just amazing I love that book so much yeah it talks about public speaking your voice how you walk how you dress yes your handshake your charisma yes. magnetism as well exactly another uh, question for you what's the phrase or affirmation that you live by this comes from my grandma who taught me from a very young age and she's really the inspiration why I do what I do but she always would say be beautiful from the inside out and I realized what she's talking about is, you know, is our mojo, it's our light, it's that inner light. Mm -hmm. And no matter what body shape we are, no matter what clothes we're wearing, no matter what makeup we have on or don't have on or whatever it is, that inner light is undeniable. And when you are beautiful from the inside out, people feel it. You, um, you know, you make people feel lit up when, you know, they're around you and you really are a contribution wherever you go. Wonderful. It's a beautiful message. So where can people find you? Uh, well, my website, deborah-kagan.com. And also there's therealundressed.com if you want all things podcast. I like to play mostly on Instagram. So it's at Deborah Kagan on Instagram. Um, and I think, yeah, those are the those are the good spots. Amazing. And it's <laughs> Deborah with an H. It's Deborah with an it H. It is D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Wonderful. And, you know, like you, I, I joke around sometimes, but I like to say also, I'm very Googleable. Okay. <laughs> Great. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast. It's definitely been a pleasure. It's been mojolicious. Mm, thank <laughs> you. I just, I, again, really appreciate you and everything that you're doing um, for this whole conversation for us in terms of pleasure and sensuality and sexuality. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. The book I'm reading now is Kunlun System, The Path of Inner Alchemy Leading to the Truth Within by Max Christensen. I was recommended this book by a friend who, whose opinion on spirituality and self-care modalities I respect a lot. And she explained to me how Kunlun had changed her life. So I thought, hmm, hopefully it can change mine too. 
And this particular friend also recommended to me four years ago the app Insight Timer, which is an, a meditation app where I actually have a profile as a meditation instructor on there. And this app has completely changed my life. So anything she says, I am listening to. And this particular practice is, um, let me read what it, what it says here in the preface. Um, it says, the Kunlun system is a system of practices offered for those seeking a spiritual path of internal alchemy leading to the truth within. There are var various forms of Kunlun martial arts and Taoist Qigong schools relating to the Kunlun mountains. And each school has its own unique philosophies and tastes in training the body, mind and spirit. To me, Kunlun name refers to the mountains of the immortals, the place of no more learning, and also the root leading to inner expression. I guess when I read books like this, I want to embody and take on all of this knowledge so that it becomes a part of me and I can actually attain this wisdom and also the peace that I crave so much. Because sometimes my mind tends to be a bit overactive and it's hard for me sometimes to concentrate and to just relax and switch my mind off and sleep and just be. And I know that those things in life are, are going to enhance my life a lot. And um, so that's, that's the purpose of me reading this. And I'm also very attracted to anything that is related to Taoism. Um, recently, I, I gave a sex and aging um, webinar to lots of um, journalists. And um, I, whilst preparing for this uh, webinar, I re-familiarized myself with lots of Taoist practices. And I read in the book, Multi-Orgasmic Woman uh, by Mantak Chia and Dr. Rachel Abrams, that she said that many women who practice it, who, who had Taoist practices, actually had better, better experiences with um, menopause and especially with enjoying their sexuality post-menopause. And I think, mm, that's so exciting, so interesting. I'm not, I'm not at a menopausal age yet, but I think it's important to be prepared for that phase of life and to embrace it in the most informed way possible. So I know for me, I am very interested in in starting to embody these practices myself and um, and um, and just re reach peace and um, in a awaken awakening anything that's going to awaken me more is definitely something I am I am interested in doing. And of course, if it helps my sex life, then that's definitely a good thing because I definitely want to. Um, I I think sexual energy is such a powerful source of of power that I don't want to lose that after menopause. I'm sure it will just be, it will change and become something else, but it's still something that I I, I want to be very um, connected with. Let me read something from the back of this book. Uh, it says, from the blurb, it says, your human body is a miracle of the universe with the great mysteries housed within it. You are the universe. You are the essence of living light slowed down into the physical manifestation of frozen light. When we do our practices, we are speeding ourselves back up into the sacred vibration of truth, even beyond the speed of light. And in the process, we remember who we are, who and where we truly are, and what we came here to do. Now, this is a quote from the author, Max Christensen. It also says, the Kunlun system reveals the hidden root 
giving one the key to awakening within oneself through the meditative and breathing techniques. The Kunlun system facilitates the complete opening of the energy body, including the chakras, energy meridians, and three specific energy storage areas called the Dantians. The system is named after the Kunlun Mountains, home to the immortals, where ancient masters taught the great alchemical secrets to their students, resulting in the illumination of the body, mind and spirit into the living body of light. Max Christensen brings to you these ancient alchemical secrets through the Kunlun system so you may access the divine hidden potential within your own being. So if that doesn't sell it, I don't know what it is. I mean, I definitely want to attain all of these things, not immortality, but wisdom, I guess, and connection with my body. And it's very easy to read this book, so I don't want to read it too fast. And um, sometimes when I'm reading books that have instructions about how to do things, I kind of uh, lose my concentration. But this book is actually, I'm still reading um, enthusiastically when certain practices um, are explained, um, which is definitely a good thing. So yeah, I'm hoping I can embody all of these practices and um, and and inc- and actually experience some of these benefits of awakening. And that is the book I'm reading now, Kunlun System: The Path of Inner Alchemy, Leading to the Truth Within. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy.
Are you looking for a new sex toy? If you are, go to satisfier.com and you can use the code VENUS to get 30% off anything on the satisfier.com website. So check it out, VENUS for 30% off, satisfier.com. To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening, have an orgasmic week, and make sure every day is a climax.